Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman. The Shiesty Hood is back for another week, and joining me is Dave Schofield. You might see there's no Brian Anthony Davis. He's in the woods somewhere doing some weird stuff, probably, but we're not going to talk about that. Dave, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going all right, Jeff. I'm, I'm, it's the anticipation is continuing to build. It's, it's, I'm ready to go. Well, let me say something, you know, the, the, the Yins boys, the Yins boys, they, they always say like, oh, the Steelers previews up later where, where they're previewing the Steelers. Look, <laughs> let me explain for the new listeners out there why it's always the Steelers preview. We did the Steelers preview and that would preview the upcoming game, which we still do. And we always were like, well, what do we do in the offseason? It's like, why do we have to change it? Just keep it the Steelers preview. We are the preview crew and that's what we did. So the Yins boys need to check themselves but anyways uh, that's neither here nor there let's talk about some news before we do anything else on this Steelers preview podcast Heinz Field Akersher Stadium it's like the the animal that just won't die she just won't die every five seconds there's something new that's going on that's making fans boohoo and cry oh they're taking the ketchup bottles away oh the signs coming down oh the stadium is still the same. The team is still the same. But now the news is, is that Heinz and the Steelers have supposedly come to an agreement. Five year, they're going to be the Heinz. It'll be the Heinz Field Red Zone, which is not new. Been that way for a not long time. Heinz Red Zone. No, no field. Oh, Don't get field. Heinz Red Zone. Okay. And then everyone's like, well, are they going to put the ketchup bottles back up? That I, I, I'm so sick of talking about this because I, I don't care. I really don't care. I don't go to games anyways. I just want to watch the Steelers play. That's it. But let's hear Dave. I was going to ask Brian. Dave, <laughs> if you have anything to say about this, please get it off your chest. Yeah, I've. This is growing more and more with me. I honestly, it's going to be the Heinz Red Zone. That that's great. That doesn't take away that I'm still mad at Heinz. I am. I'm mad at them. At least you're mad at the right people. Yeah, because. Now they also said, well, they took the ketchup bottles down. Are they now going to do that? Are they going to bring them back? What's then the word is they were old. They don't even know after taking them down, if they could go back up, if they might've had to have replaced them anyway, that might've been part of the problem. I don't know. They're going to do something, but at least Heinz is at least doing a little something. Cause I was getting really mad at Heinz. And the thing is people were mad at the Steelers. People were mad at the Steelers because, oh, how, you know, you went with Akrisha rather than Hines. Why didn't Hines step up? I'm tired of this. Hines is a, more than a $46 billion company, and they're not going to shell out the money. But Akrisha, the $3.8 billion company, they wanted to, they want to be a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I said this on the Scobro show. They want to be on the team. They Volunteers, not hostages. If Hines feels like they were a hostage, then they don't even need to sponsor the red zone. You know, if, if it's, if they didn't see the value in the Pittsburgh Steelers, we see this all the time with players in their contracts. When someone's, I mean, when, when TJ Watt signs his, signed his whatever hundred million some dollar contract, how much does a half a million dollars within that really matter? 
I mean, a half a million dollars would mean a whole lot to us. But in that contract, it doesn't matter much. But why? Why is it important? Because it shows that the team values the players. Well, these sponsors weren't valuing the Pittsburgh Steelers as much as Accusure. I'm I'm on the Accusure train right now because they obviously want to be part of the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you don't like the name because they came up with a crappy name, oh, oh well. But they are someone who wants to be a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers. A $3.8 billion company, they're willing to show out the money. The $4.8 billion U.S. Steel, they didn't show out the money. The $7 billion Dick Sporting Goods, they didn't show out the money. The $46 billion Kraft Heinz, Heinz Kraft, whoever they are, they're not even Pittsburgh anymore. They're in Chicago. They wouldn't show out the money. So the fact that this company wants to be a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers so bad should actually make fans like them, not despise them. If you want to get mad at someone, get mad at Heinz. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I said on my Let's Ride podcast right after the news became official that the Steelers facility was changing to Acroshore. Yeah. But yeah, I that's a $46 billion organization. I was like, yeah, $150 million is a little too much. It's a little too steep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so hey, yeah, they, I, they I, didn't value their partnership with the Pittsburgh Steelers to that extent. You know what? That you're saying it wasn't worth it. That's it's like it's like Juju Smith Schuster going to the Kansas City Chiefs. They offered him more, they didn't even offer him that much money, but they offered him more than what the Steelers did. They valued him more than what the Steelers did. Yeah. So, in other words, that was Heinz with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They didn't value the Steelers enough to to match or do whatever they needed to to keep this deal going. It wasn't worth it to them. If there's someone I would love to pick their brain on, because I think this dude is a serious business mind and knows how to make some money, it's Thomas Tull. Yeah. Because he is not only the, like the legendary production crew that they've done all that. I know they did all the Batman movies and all that stuff, but also... He was the one that got this whole Acroshore Steelers together. He is a part owner of the Steelers, yeah. a minority owner. I mean, this dude knows. He knew. He went to the you know, CEO of Acroshore and was like, look, if we get in on this, people are going to know our name. And that's what they didn't know. No one knew what Acroshore was. No yeah. one's ever heard of Acroshore. I think one person, that maybe Andrew Wilbar, because he lives in Michigan, knew of uh, Acroshore, but yeah. still. And they, anyway. they already have a presence around Pittsburgh, they apparently, and do a lot of business there. People just don't know who they are. They just yeah. do the stuff. So, you know, they, they saw the value in it. They said, let's do it. Good for them. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other news is, the other news <laughs> is, yeah, I, I really, yeah, don't care. The only other news is, to, I want to give a big F you to the Pittsburgh Steelers organization uh, for once again denying behind the steel curtain credentials for the 2022 season. FU Steelers, we have done nothing but been support be supportive of you all. We don't bash the organization more than anyone else. Uh, when you let clowns like for the 93.7, the fan in and all that stuff, you know what? Screw you all. Like, I, I'm sorry. I wanted to say that because Dave sent me the screenshot <laughs> when he got the email back about our credential request. Screw you guys. I'm still going to be a fan of the team, but I'm not a fan of the PR department. So, Dave, you can say whatever you want. I, that's all I wanted to say. Okay. Well, it's funny. I was actually going to use that as an analogy with the stadium name. I'm like, we are someone who appreciates the Pittsburgh Steelers. Imagine if the Pittsburgh Steelers were selling their, their credentials. 
you know what? You know who would probably try to offer more money than than than, than other things behind the steel curtain? <laughs> exactly. If we could get SB Nation, you know, <laughs> to 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 step up and do it because we would understand the value of actually being there. You know, who's probably not going to appreciate it? The, these these people that are there all the time, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, I'm not paying for that when they let us come for free." You know, we would appreciate what it would be to be there covering the Steelers yeah. and asking the questions of the players and the coaches in person. Um, you know, you know what? So we, we didn't get season credentials. Now it goes down to individual game credentials. We'll see. Now we get to be denied eight times in 2019. Honestly, I'm going to type nine. I'm not, who's <laughs> applying for the Christmas Eve game. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that one. No, that's a so, good point. Good point. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to make that known. We do try every year to get yeah. credentials and to get into the locker room, be able to ask questions, and we get because to there are other credentialed SB Nation sites. Oh, yeah. You know, that's Absolutely. what's frustrating is that a lot of the SB Nation sites have credentials with their teams, but the Steelers, they hold those credentials like they're worth $150 million. Yeah, seriously. But okay. Um, let's go ahead and let's talk about training camp. When everyone's okay. excited about training camp, Tuesday is when the Steelers report third Wednesday is the first practice. The Casey Hampton run test usually happens on Tuesday. I don't know yes. if they actually call it that. That's what I call it. The Casey Hampton <laughs> run test. And then, on what is it? A week, Dave, a week of practices before they can actually put on pads and start hitting. Okay. So they will practice without pads, you know, just in shells, which is, helmets um they will practice wednesday thursday friday saturday they are off sunday when they come back monday august is that the first i think it is maybe whatever whatever that is on the calendar i don't have my calendar in front of me that's the first padded practice and the way it works out this year where they they had the days off you know always scheduled in there at various places this year they're all sundays the steelers are doing something every day except sundays through training camp um, until they, until they break camp after the second preseason game. Now, does it mean that there's always a practice open to the public? Like the day before their preseason games, those are closed practices. And of course there's no practice on the days of the preseason games, but we're going to get to watch the Steelers anyway. Yeah, no. So you're, and I know that we mentioned this on your podcast. I don't know if it's a Scobro show, but I know it's on the stat geek when um, your brother's going KT Smith go and do a training camp. I think, I don't know if it's Friday night lights or not. Jeffrey Benedict said he might be going. So we'll have some contingent there uh, at, at Latrobe yep. on a few days. We'll try to use our behind the steel curtain, Twitter accounts to let people know who to look out for and things like that. But uh, we'll see. Go Cause ahead. the first one is they, their first practice is Wednesday practice. Number two, that's when big bro will be there. Big Brosco will be there on the second practice. That's on the 28th of July, Thursday. There you go. There you go. All right. Let's talk about camp and reasons why we are excited. Why then in, in, in hindsight, why you as a fan should be excited as well. Five reasons each. Now we might overlap. I don't know if we did or didn't, but still we're going to give you 10 reasons, 10 things why you should be excited for this training camp. And I know that in the past it's been, well, it's training camp and it's training camp. You know, it's, it is what it is. There's, there's a lot of reasons in my opinion to be, I could probably give you at least 20, but still Dave, I'll let you go first. What's one aspect of training camp that fans should be excited for. Oh, so this is fans. This isn't just me personally. Okay. Sure. Well, okay. Well, some of this is me. This is, this is me personally. I've just, I've got various different things. Okay. 
I fans should be excited to see what the rookie wide receivers look like when they actually get out there working with everybody. Okay. I did not have that on my list. What rookie wide receivers, right? Yep. You want to see what they can do. That's yep. definitely a reason. Is there one over the other that you're more excited to see Calvin Austin, the third or George Pickens? No, because I have a different reason why I want each one of them. George Pickens, I would say, Hey, I want to see what he's doing because you know, he's the higher pedigree from a draft standpoint guy. I want to see if he's going to be ready to go right away. But then, then Calvin Austin third, I'm like, Oh, he could be a gadget guy. They're going to be able to implement him. And um, how soon is he going to be ready to go? So for, I got different reasons for both of them. There you go. That's fine. That is fine. I'm going to go with the, the first, and it's not in any particular order for me. Yeah. Same here. It's, you know what first thing is. It's quarterbacks, man. I want to see the quarterbacks. I want to see how the quarterbacks do. I want to see not just the quarterbacks. I want to see the distribution of repetitions. I want to see how Mike Tomlin utilizes all three quarterbacks. If you want to throw all of Dokun in, you could say four. But still, I want to see, because you know everyone's going to be hyper-focused on up oh, Mitch got first reps, Mason got second reps, Kenny Pickett got third, all of Dokun got scraps. I think every single drill these guys do, we already saw it in minicamp. It's going to yeah. be the same thing, only to a greater extent, because they're going to be more prized. I want to see not just how the quarterbacks do, because I do want to see how the quarterbacks do. I want to see if Kenny Pickett comes out and looks the part. If Mitch Trubisky looks like he is the guy that's going to be taking the Steelers into week one against the Bengals. Um, it's going to be interesting, but quarterbacks, of course, it's first on my list. What's next for you, Dave? Well, I'm going to take one and kind of piggyback off of yours because it is about the quarterbacks, but it was a little bit different. You know what fans should be excited about? Having your quarterbacks playing in practice every day and not wondering if it's a day they're practicing or not. They're all, they, they should all be out there every day. Yeah. That, you know, you know, how many times do we kind of plan around how much we're getting out of training camp? Because, you know, Ben Roethlisberger would wear pads one day, he'd wear just a helmet another day, and then he'd be off a day. And they had this rotation with him. And I understand you didn't want to wear out his arm with that age. Absolutely. But it's exciting to have quarterbacks that are going to, it's not about how much they rest them. They're, they're all going to be looking to do as much as they can. I guess is maybe the way I should say that. So they, all four of them are going to be looking to get every opportunity they can, which is completely different mindset than what we've seen with the quarterbacks, um, particularly, you know, the great Ben Roethlisberger in years past. I like that. Thinking outside the box. I like it. I'm going to go. My next one was inside linebackers. Mm -hmm. There's, this is one of those position groups where it's quantity, but maybe not quality from top to bottom. Yeah. And Jeffrey Benedict on the cutting room floor this past week talked a lot about inside linebackers. I'm curious to see individual players. Yeah. You want to see Devin Bush. Has he regained form? You want to see miles Jack in a black and gold uniform? I, I, yeah, I get that. I want to see buddy Johnson. It's his second year. We yeah. didn't see much of him in his rookie year, fourth round draft pick. I want to see, is he a guy or is he just like a UG three, 2.0 where he's just going to be a special teamer maybe gets called upon every once in a while. What about Robert Spillane? Has he made any improvements? Like what, where does he fit? Marcus Allen, Miles Killebrew, if they want to be considered that hybrid type player. I'm really curious to see how that, how that looks in training camp, even if it's just how they're doing in simple, simple coverage drills or backs on backers. I love those type of reports that come out of Latrobe. 
inside linebackers next for me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to piggyback off that, not with another one of these, but I want to do a little, you know, you know, shameless plug. Uh, if you want to know a little bit more about Robert Splane and, and the role that he, you know, should, you know, should be looking for with the Steelers this year based on uh, this past season, check out the Steelers Vertex article at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. So you ready for, for me to do it? I'm thinking more outside the box with these, Jeff, because I I, I did – on Tuesday night, I did the five biggest questions of training camp. So what I'm looking forward to, I try to do something a little bit different. You know what I'm looking forward to and fans should look forward to? Seven shots. Yeah. Look forward to seven shots. Because especially with, with no Ben Roethlisberger, look at the breakdown of, of seven shots. What quarterbacks are, are getting him each day? Now, for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, if you're chances are if you're new to the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, you're not listening this time of year. <laughs> So if you're here and listening, chances are you probably know what we're yeah. talking about. But just in case, seven shots is a drill that they do at the beginning of practice where the offense lines up against the defense, two-yard line, basically a two-point conversion try. You, you, you get seven of them. It's either a touchdown or it's not, or it's either a conversion or it's not. And they keep score. Who wins seven shots? Oh, it was four to three defense. Oh, it was six to one offense. Oh, but, you know, five, five to do defense. Defense. They they do this all the time. I want to see with seven shots. You always kind of had an idea that you know. Seems like it was very wasn't very often that, that Ben Roethlisberger got shut out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He'd get three or four of them, and it, it was rare that he got shut out because that's who Ben Roethlisberger is. I want to see if we kind of see that same thing with the other quarterbacks. I like that seven shots, and and it's it was different the last two years without fans there. It was just you're going off of media reports, and sometimes the media would just say, oh, there was one reporter would say it was an incompletion, and one reporter would say they got their feet in. When fans are there, you're going to have video. You're going to have <laughs> you know everything. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Seven shots, is a, and that's that's how they start practice, I think. After warm-ups and everything, yeah. individual work, the first team drill they do is seven shots. It's always a very high – it's a highly contested drill. For me, my next – aspect of camp that I'm excited for is Matt Canada getting what we would consider a roster that fits his offense a little bit better. Terrell Austin being the defensive coordinator and Brian Flores, maybe putting his fingerprints on the defense as well. I am excited to see from the coaching standpoint, how does it look? Is it fluid? Does it look smooth on offense? They do a lot of four minute drill two-minute drill work. I want to see how does the offense look in those situations. Defensively, what about the the basic setup? Would they ever go to their dollar defense that they used to deploy a long, you know, a couple years ago when they had the personnel to do it? Do they focus more on the dime? What about the nickel? Are they going to run more 3-4 base? You know, does Flores utilize some players the way he has in New England and in Miami? There's a lot of coaching staff things here that I'm really excited to see. I understand we're not going to see all that in, in training camp. Even in the preseason, it won't be till week one when the real proverbial bullets start flying. But for me, I like that this these coaches, that it's going to be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. That was something that when, when we were doing our um on Tuesday night with with Big Brusco, who is in the live chat tonight. Thank you. Thank you, uh uh Big Bro there. When we were doing our, our five questions. 
my brother went into the whole topic of coaches and I didn't even think about going in that direction. So I, I really like how you went there, how the different things are going to fit with these coaches. Um, that's, that's a good one. There you go. Let's get to this super chat. Yeah. Before we move on. Tom Muirs has been a while since I've been live. The scroll is $2. Thank you very much, Tom. That's, that's a, that's a, that's the laughing yes. crying. <laughs> yeah. In other words, explaining the good old shite, shiesty Jeff. Yeah, the shiesty hood, just read the ticker at the bottom. Yeah. It. We've done that for like the last month. And seal people coming to the live show, like, why is he have it? He looks like a, a Knights Templar or something. Like, yeah. it's, it's just because it, it's read it. Just read it. Okay. If yeah. you're in audio, find the YouTube video, just read it. It takes 10 seconds. Okay. Yeah. What's next on your list? All right. Um, I'm skipping around mine. Okay. I'm going to go with this one. I want to see the free agents. Oh I, yeah, that's the first one you stole of mine. <laughs> did I? Well, that's there okay. you that's you okay. take that one because I actually had another one. Then you yeah, can have that fine. one. The free agents. It doesn't matter which free agent you're talking about. Yeah. They're all unbelievably important to this team. Whether it's Levi mm-hmm. Wallace at the cornerback position, whether you're talking about Mason Cole, James Daniels on the offensive line, Miles Jack, as we already mentioned, an inside linebacker. These players are ridiculously important. And then right when you think you've thought about all the ones that are really important, you forget people like oh. Demonte KZ. I forgot about Demonte KZ. And then you know, Avery. Yeah. You forget about these guys. There's a lot Trenton of free Scott. Agent. Yep. A lot of free agent pickups. Some people were like, who? Yeah. He's a tackle. That yeah. They specifically yeah. He's an offensive tackle. Yeah. Offensive people were like, people were like, oh, they, they need to add one. They did add another tackle. They added Trenton Scott, but people just didn't really realize that was much. But one thing I want to say about the free agents, because we're going to count this one as yours, but so that way I don't have to decide between my last ones. Okay. I'm looking, I'm looking for, and I'm hoping I don't see it. I'm, I, this is what I don't want to find, but I'm going to say it in this way. I'm looking for the Dante Moncrief. I'm looking for the guy that everyone was excited about mm-hmm. and they just don't pan out. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Is there a little part of you that, <laughs> at least for me, I can say I, for me, Calvin Austin, the third, there's a little bit of Dree Archer scare in me. You know, yeah. in terms of, I remember having the same excitement level for Dre Archer when he was drafted. Super fast, super athletic, track guy, and it just never panned out. And everyone's all excited about Calvin Austin. Like you mentioned him earlier. Uh, the, the, just like you said, the Moncrief thing, there's that Dre yeah. Archer in the back of my mind. Yeah, and I mean, there, it, it could really be anyone, because I don't want to say Mason Cole, but who was the center they brought in that only lasted like a year or so in there that was supposed to be, was it like, Sean, like a Mahan. Sean Mahan. Yeah. yeah. That because then Justin know, Hartwig replaced him. Yeah. So Jeff it, the, a lot of people, you know, I definitely don't want it to be, I'm not even want to say the name as the other offensive lineman because I'm really excited about him. But the last thing I want is a as a free agent that I'm really excited that's going to come in and contribute and be an answer. And they just kind of go. Pfft. So that's why I'm looking for him. I don't want to find one. Right. I'm just aware that it's a possibility because it just doesn't always work out. Okay. So, so are you ready? So I, that was your number two, yeah. or that was your next one. We're not counting them down or anything. So right, this is my I, last one. Well, because I, I got two left. Because I let you count that one. So I got I I'm next again. Go. Go. All right. Um. So I'm going to say I'm excited personally that I get to go back to do the players mentioned articles because we get to hear from Mike mm-hmm. Tomlin every day. I'm excited to hear from Mike Tomlin every day after practice. Definitely can't wait for that one. 
Yeah, but then there's those days where he talks for 30 seconds. And you're like, I don't have enough. And you're like, oh. No, 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 no. It's not. And here's the thing. And this is why this is why it's so important. He'll only talk for 30 seconds if they don't ask him questions. Right. They got to ask him questions. Yeah. The people there that have the credentials. If we were credentialed. <laughs> they need to ask the questions. So we need to get, you've, you've had several of these people on your Let's yeah. Ride as your Monday morning conversation. You're, you know, you're still good friends with Chris Carter. Make sure you're talking to Chris. Because I don't know that he's Chris covered training camp in the past. I think this is, is this his first year covering training camp? No, he was there. Well, he, no, he was at with, when he was at DK Pittsburgh sports, he was actually at camp a good bit. Okay. Um, I remember when who was it that they there was a scare that they got hurt. I think it was mm-hmm. Joe Hayden, mm-hmm. and everyone on BTSC was like, "Oh my gosh, he's hurt." I actually texted Chris. Was like, "Dude, is Joe yeah. Hayden okay?" He goes, "Yeah, he's over on the sideline running." Like, okay. I remember that. I remember <laughs> that. You you let me know. Yeah, I remember so, yeah. that. Yeah. So okay, but yeah, okay. So but no, that's a good one. And the I do always like those articles. I, my last one is a position group that every. Not every, but most fans have said they want the team to target this offseason or even before the season starts, and that's running back. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, it's one of those situations where I'm I'm not of the ilk that I hate the team, the players that they have at running back. I don't hate Benny Snell Jr. I don't hate Anthony McFarland. I do think if all three of those players, including Najee Harris, can stay healthy, it's a pretty good three-headed monster when you think of Benny Snell can come in and spell Najee Harris on occasion, and then Anthony McFarland can be your change of pace back. It doesn't have to be a situation where Najee Harris is sitting out for long periods of time, but it at least gives him a little bit of a break, a little bit of a respite, and it can also give the offense some different looks. But I want them to have a good camp. Not just stay healthy. I want them to have a good camp. You know, I want them to look good, yeah. have good reports. And then the Steelers fan base maybe doesn't have to say, ah, they should have signed so-and-so. Or they should have gotten this guy. So we'll see. We know Najee Harris is the man. But ultimately, I want to see some of that depth behind him. Yeah, running back is a very interesting one. And it should be about seeing who the Steelers have there. And I, like I said, I don't have a problem with any of the running backs. I just want them to be better. Yeah. You know, you know, not Najee Harris. Najee Harris, you're fine. What I want to be better for you is your yards before contact, which is has which does not have anything to do with you, really. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not really. That's what I want to see from Najee Harris. I laid this out weeks ago, that it's the yards before contact is that you really want to see better with him. If you could increase that stat, my goodness, just keep the same yards after contact and everything, and my, my goodness, that guy could be great. But when it comes to the other guys, I don't care – when it comes to Benny Snell, I've been thinking about this more. I can't remember who all brought this up in the live chat and previous shows and really got me thinking. And I actually like Benny Snell as just a special teamer and the guy that's got to be the guy when Najee isn't there. For example, if Najee's going, if he gets dinged up and he's going to miss part of a game, that's when you call on Benny Snell. If you need someone to just come in for a couple of plays or two, I don't think that's really Benny Snell's strong point. I think he's a running back that needs to get going. And if they're not, and trust me, he's nowhere, he's not a Najee Harris. So Najee Harris needs to get the ball, not Benny Snell. So to me, it, it's kind of almost the, the infamous 
thing of of like with a quarterback, and you could say, hey, you might want your veteran to be your your QB two in order to have to come in during the game, but your but your rookie quarterback would actually be who would step in to start if your other if your main quarterback's going to to miss the game completely. That's kind of almost what I see with a Benny Snell. But you got to have someone like an Anthony McFarland or a Mateo Durant that could that could step up and and be that player that could come in and is a you know change of pace or however you say it um and and can be successful only getting you know six or eight snaps and three or four touches yeah um, if that's what it's going to ultimately be all right what's your last one dave my last one i'll do this because we kind of almost talked about before we started what am i looking forward to the most what should we be excited about Fans in Latrobe, for sure. Being in Latrobe and fans, including BTSC fans and staff, fans shooting videos at practice. I can't wait for Big Bro to be there on day number two and to shoot me a video of something that he just saw. I can't wait to hear a story from Big Bro about you know who who him and Kyle and his the, the friend that's that's going with them who they meet. I want to know if Kyle's going to get. I, I'll tell you right now. I know what Kyle's trying to do. I know what Kyle's trying to do. He's trying to get Coach Tomlin to sign his William and Mary hat. That's what he wants. So the question is, can he get Coach Tomlin to sign his William and Mary hat? I, I, those are the kind of things that I want to hear. Um, those kind of experiences. No, not even even the people that we don't know that you know the the, the great fan experiences that you find out um, on on social media. Then I don't like to look at social media, but I leave it for you guys to find it and then share it with me. Um, even when fans were at Heinz field last year, there was that, there, you know, they, they had no interaction with the players at all, just the way it was set up. I'm, I'm looking forward to see if we could get back to some interaction with the fans and the fans getting a little bit more of the experience at a trip. I have to ask you, Dave, and this is something I've never, I don't think I've ever asked you. I've known you okay. for a while now. What's your take on autographs in general? Player autographs, we'll put it that way. Um, what like me trying to get them? Sure. I if I went up to training camp, I don't know that I would try to get a player autograph or not. I have a couple autograph things, but that's because um I bid you on them. Bid for them on auction, yeah. I, exactly. So I mean, would it be cool? I mean, if they're when I was there for the family fest, I was trying to get autographs for my kids. Like my daughter had made a poster. She was she was Oh my goodness, this was probably five years ago. So she was in single digits and had a poster and was trying to get it signed and, and everything. And she got it's funny, she she didn't get a player to sign her poster. She did because we were at the wrong end of the stadium where the players were. And no joke. I I don't know if it was the next day or within the next three days, he was he was cut. <laughs> so so uh, but she didn't care, she was excited with for for that kind of interaction so to me i like the kids getting the autographs i'm not going to try to get up there and push past a kid in order to get an autograph but i mean if i could take the helmet and a silver sharpie and i could get cam hayward to sign the helmet i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't plan my whole day around it but if it was something that wasn't that difficult to do i would i'd definitely welcome it what what do you think uh I'm not good. If, if I were at training camp, I wouldn't ask. I wouldn't even try to get an autograph. Autographs yeah. when I was a kid, I loved them. And I remember when I got Andy Van Slyke's autograph, I was in the Pirates dugout before they played the Phillies, and he came walking out of the locker room. And it was like a 
oh my gosh, I was stunned. And he just held my baseball out. I was like, oh, can you sign this? And he did. And since then, it's like, nah, I don't know. And then that video, the reason I ask you is you brought up that Kyle wants to get Mike Tomlin's autograph on his hat. Mm-hmm. Did you see the video that kind of went viral during the All-Star Game festivities? with, with the, Clayton Kershaw? Uh, no, no, no. The oh, adult, the adult that was like elbowing kids out of the way to try oh, to get. Them I, I didn't. I didn't click on that one. I saw it, but I had just seen the one with the kid that was meeting in the yeah. interview, meeting Clayton Kershaw because it was on his on his granddad's bucket list. Yes. After watching that one, and I saw this guy shoving kids aside, I'm like, I'm not even. I don't you even do, know. You, you I'm not watching call. this. You made a good call. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I know that the, the, there's people that love autographs. If you're gonna get one and you're gonna keep it and you're gonna put it in your man cave or whatever, mm-hmm. like that's fine. Like the people that do that and they want to sell them though to try to make a profit, uh, it's yeah. I don't know. Like I, I listen to Pat McAfee sometimes, and he talked about this on Monday, I think, and he went off. He said these people that they'll sit outside his office where they record the Pat McAfee show with 20 pieces of memorabilia. He goes, I've told him no, I'm not signing anymore. Like it's just ridiculous. And they're adults. I don't know. I guess there's just a time in my yeah. life where yeah. things I like mean, jerseys and things like autographs, like they just don't carry the value. Now, anymore. if you, I, I know, I know Brian's done this because he's gone to places where you're specifically in line to meet it, to meet someone and get an autograph. I get it. Rich Rich said something. No, I did not get an autograph. The last Pirates game I ever attended was at Three River Stadium, and it was the ma- Major League debut of Tim Wakefield. I did not get an autograph. There. Oh, that would be cool. Um, that would have been super been awesome. cool. But <laughs> but yeah, I uh, when it, I'll ask you this: What's the best autograph? Is Andy Vince like the best one you got that I've gotten in person? Yeah. No, the best one I've got. Uh, the best one I've got is actually a golfer. Okay. Um, we used to always go to Canton, Ohio, where I had family, and that's where Firestone mm-hmm. Country Club. They always have the NEC uh, would be there, and so we used to always go with my uncle. He would get tickets, and one time Tom Watson was walking through the parking lot with his wife, and my dad and my uncle coaxed my brother and I, pushed us up over a fence, and we ran, <laughs> we ran through the parking <laughs> lot and harassed Tom Watson, and he was not happy that we were there. But he did sign our our programs, and I still have. I don't even know where it is. It's somewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, Tom Watson was probably the biggest name I've ever gotten. The yeah. one that means the most to me, yeah, Andy Van Slyke, or I have an autographed Mary Lemieux card. Uh, those two probably. Yeah. There you go. See yeah. now, it, when you're because uh, State of the Steelers said about being at the at the draft party, they have players, former players, current players, everywhere. Where you could get in line, you get they hand you their picture and yeah. they sign it. You don't pay anything for it. It's great. That's a whole different story. They're there to right. do autographs. Yeah. The thing is, is when you're trying to get someone to autograph something when they're not really there for autographs. You, you know, like, like, like Tom Watson. <laughs> yeah. Like Tom Watson. Or, um, um, I remember that the, it wasn't that game. It wasn't the Tim Wakefield game. It was, uh, I think maybe a year or two before these were school field trips during the summer that, that, mm-hmm. uh, that we went to some pirate games and the one we were next to the, to the pirates, um, bullpen and, uh, Stan Belinda was over there signing some autographs. Uh, afterwards, but yeah, I, I, I didn't get, yeah, but I would say the best daughter, believe it or not, minor of professional wrestlers. <laughs> I do. I, I still have one that I just, it's just in a book of, um, edge and Christian when they were tag team partners ah, nice. also got Chris Jericho, but 
I, the friend that I was there with, I let him keep the the the, the Chris Jericho. Dude, that, that guy's little. I mean, I towered over him. This was my senior year of college when I was training for track. Dave. So I was like, but I but I'm like, I was at least like if a Volkswagen would have came up and ran over Chris Jericho, I probably could have picked it up off of him because that's how that was my level of training at the time from doing from doing stuff. Now I would I I I could barely well, you dial tower the over a lot of people <laughs> even to this day. Yeah. You're a really large human. So I hey, I, I, I did not tower over Big Boss Man. He came through when we were there. We just happened to stumble across. We were in a mall, and here there was a hotel in the mall, and here it was the hotel the wrestlers were at, and they were coming out. And, and so, we just cool awesome. so we just hung in the lobby. So we just hung in the lobby and just I mean, some of we, we we didn't even we we talked to him before we even got an autograph. We didn't just rush up for an autograph. We just wanted to meet him. So it was pretty. I cool. think if anything, if I were to see someone like let, let's say I'm let's say I'm in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. I'm at a restaurant and I see someone. First thing I'm never going to do is I'm never going to interrupt them. Yeah, I'm never going to go up during dinner or whatever and say anything. I just think that's inappropriate. If they're mm-hmm. out, get up and leave, and I'm up and at him at the same time. And I say, Hey, I'm not going to ask for an autograph. I'm not going to ask for a photo. Hey, you know, Ben been a big fan of yours since 2004. Appreciate all you did for the Steelers. And that's it. Like, that's all I'm going to say. I I guess there just comes a point with me where like autographs, they they just don't, they don't carry that meaning anymore. Uh, It is. But, but the thing is, I, I know that there are people that, do autographs as they're done training camp. That's just part of why the reason you right. go is they, they say, yeah. and I think coach Tomlin is one of them. He likes to, he likes to do autographs. Like if there's kids waiting, I don't know that Kyle's enough of a kid, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, he, if he's going to count or not. But uh, so if players are there and they're, and they typically do autographs, uh, in the setting coming off, but I'm just cause they're, you know, and then, then you get people, you know, begging them for a glove or, you know, they want anything. And I'm just like, um, that's not yeah. going to be me. And I don't even know that I want my kids to, to, to do that. I mean, my daughter really wanted someone to sign her poster. So we, we, we convinced the, the, the fifth string nose tackle that went to West Virginia to come up and sign her poster. There you go. <laughs> do you have trivia tonight, Dave? I do. I do. Uh, but I had to do I, one that I can get you. Really have to I'm, hoping, down, I'm hoping you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I've, I've, I'm holding out some hope here. Let's, this is more quote unquote. I don't even want to use the word anymore. I'm, I don't even want to call it Heinz field anymore. Cause I'm still getting, you know, a little bit bitter about stuff, but just, just going with it because it's, you know, the last time you could say it's stuff with Heinz Field. I, I did a number of these things on Stat Geek, not this past week, but the week before, a bunch of different things. But one thing I did not cover was some of the longest plays in in the history of Heinz Field. And while you know there's some there's some kick returns, like do you know who has the longest kick return? For the Steelers or just in general? Just in general. Was it Joshua Cribbs? No, it was not. I'll give you. I'll. I'll give you a hint. Uh, it was a time where he didn't get tripped. <laughs> Jacoby Jones. Yeah, he had uh, like a hundred and eight yard one. I do believe that that was in there. Um, but I just I started looking at you know, like what were the longest plays from scrimmage? You know, not not on not on a on a, on a kickoff. Do you know what the longest play from sk- from scrimmage was by the Steelers at Heinz Field? What's the longest play you can think of? At Heinz. Uh, at Heinz. I'm thinking of like Juju's, but those were all on the road. Those were those, all the, the road. Juju's those 297s, were they were both on the Detroit. road. Um, 
I mean, one of the plays that comes to mind is the well, he, he Ben had a lot of first play after a touchback touchdowns. I remember he had uh, Mike mm-hmm. Wallace on a bomb against Green Bay in that classic game that went down to the wire. Um, so those that's eighty. Yeah, some reason. what I've been looking at is over 80 yards. I have four plays by the Steelers that were over 80 yards. So it doesn't wondering. mean they had touchdowns, but they were all touchdowns. I will oh, tell okay. you, they wouldn't have had to have been, but they were all touchdowns. I was wondering if you could remember any of the more than 80 yard touchdowns at Heinz Field by the Pittsburgh. Isn't there Steelers. one from Charlie Batch to Heath against the Dolphins in week one? Uh, coming off of Super Bowl 40, so that would have been 2006. Ding, 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 ding. That is the second longest touched, well, play from scrimmage by the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field. Charlie Batch to Heath Miller, 87 yards. That was in, that was uh, September the 7th, 2006. And that was against Miami, right? That was against Miami. You are correct. I was wondering if you could remember any of these. <laughs> and you got one, so... Kudos. Yay. Do you want me to tell you the other ones, or do you think you can? How many are there? Four. Four Jeez. of them over eighty. And so I got one. So there's three. You got left. one of them. Yep. Huh. Man, I don't know. There was no. There was no Ben to Juju. Juju never made. Nope. Doesn't make the list. Ben is two out of the four. You got one that wasn't Ben. There's another one that wasn't Ben. I'll be honest with you. The longest one wasn't Ben. Tommy Maddox uh, involved? It was not. My yeah. and my sister was at that game. That was the first year I had season tickets. That was what, 2015? Yep. I don't know. It wasn't Ben right. started, but Ben didn't finish. Landry Jones? Landry Jones. Landry Jones. And who did Landry Jones hit for an for the longest oh, play Mar- from is that Martavis Bryant against that the Cardinals Martavis Bryant against the Cardinals for 88 yards and there was a penalty on Calais Campbell for roughing the pass from the play as well wow but, that was a little yeah. screen it was like a little screen pass yeah. that went the distance yep wow but the other two were in 2005 in and all these were early. The, like the the one against the Cardinals, that was the only one in October. The other three were all in September. In 2005, uh, Ben Roethlisberger completed an 85-yard touchdown pass to Heinz Ward against the Patriots early in the first quarter of that game. Okay. And then the other one was actually in 2020 with no one in the stadium. Um Against the Broncos, Ben Roethlisberger to chase Claypool for 84 yards. Man, I forgot about that. Those yeah. are good. Um, now, but that's still not the longest play from scrimmage because the Steelers were on the wrong end of that one. Wait a second, so there's a longest play that the Steelers were on the wrong end of. From that they scrimmage? were the wrong end of. Yeah, not not a kickoff, not you know, not a kick return, but a play from scrimmage. I feel like it was against New England. <laughs> No, it wasn't. <laughs> Baltimore? No, it was a dagger. It was a dagger of a game that they were already down, and this didn't help. And it was happened right you know, with two minutes left in the game. Why don't you just tell me? I was there. What year? 
It was one of the one of the times where the Steelers lost to the same team at oh, Heinz so Field. Jacksonville. Is it regular season? Yeah, the week, regular week season. Five, week five loss with five yeah. interceptions. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger says afterwards, maybe I'm done. Yeah. Maybe, no, he, no. He didn't say maybe I'm done. said maybe I don't have it anymore. There it is. Okay. That's what he said. So what so, was the people play, took it as big. Was it, That was a 90-yard touchdown run by Leonard Fournette. A nine coming out of the two-minute warning, I think. Or I don't know if it was coming out of the two-minute warning or going into the two-minute warning. That yeah. was when Mike Mitchell was running his mouth so much, and that was bad. Yeah. So didn't want to relive the bad ones, but there was one that was longer than that. And that was the final score of the game, you know, 30 to nine. Um, but yeah, that was I'm pretty sure it was the first play out of the out of the two-minute warning. I mean, the game it was already 23 to 9, and they and the Jacksonville had the ball. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like to forget that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, um, uh, I mean, Ben had just thrown an interception, um, that they, that at the goal line and they got it at the two. And then they ran, it was, it was like, it was like third and two on the 10 yard line coming out of the two minute warning and they run for a free and 90 yard touch. It was the most disheartening thing ever. I have something for you for trivia. Okay. Got All it. All right. We love, we love middle names. Uh-oh. Now, this this player who is a Steelers legend. Uh-oh. Legend. Was actually called by his middle name, but it was not his middle name. Okay. Now, he wore famously wore number 83. Okay. Some would say he was the greatest at his position in Steelers history even. You know who I'm talking about. Yes. So go ahead and say his his, his name, but it's not. That has to be. That has to be Heath Miller. It is Heath Miller, but it's not his first his, name. His Heath, first name is Heath not Heath. Is his middle name? Do you know Heath, his first name? I I I knew this, but I'm trying to remember. He's a junior. That's why. So that's probably why he it's went something. To- it's something weird. Not it's not weird, but. Why am I? Th- I no, I know this. What was the name of the TV show? There was a TV show, right? You're right. You're right. Yes, I remembered. So what? For is some it? reason, I'm thinking my name is Earl. Is you what are Heath correct. Say. You are correct. Because I remembered a joke that something about Heath Miller, and it was something about him that he could say my name is Earl. When uh, crazy, yeah, yeah, one of those things. I knew it was something crazy like that. Earl Heath Miller Jr. Junior. He's a junior. junior. So that's why he goes into, that's why he went by his middle name probably. So yeah. Just like my dad, his dad was William. My dad's name's William. He goes by Joe middle name. So there you go. I know, I know entire families that they don't call anyone their first name. They, they're (laughs) all, they all go by their middle names because they have like weird first names. And then they have regular middle names, so they all call them their middle names. There you go. No, don't you have that? Don't. No, it wasn't you. It's it's not you. I was thinking because it's very simple that um, it was it was another friend of mine that has that, that has a name that shares a name with your daughter. That oh, I have four that, daughters. So I don't know. Yes. <laughs> so, and that that his that his daughter's name. I just always knew her as Lily. I knew her as Lily. And I'm like, oh, and she's like, no, that's not actually my name. I'm like, what? She's like, my my name's Caroline. 
Oh. And and I'm like, oh, well, why do they call you Lily? She's like, because when I was, because my younger brother, when he was little, he couldn't say that, but he could say Lily. So that's what they call me. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. <laughs> you have any final thoughts, Sonny Dave? Uh, final thoughts. It's we're, I mean, we like just kind of talking and chatting and we talked about training camp, which is what there is to talk about because it's within a week, but my goodness, we've been talking about training camp coming for the last six weeks since they finished mini camp. So part of me is kind of tired about talking about training camp coming and counting it down. I'm just ready for it to be here. I'm ready to get the data, you know, doesn't he, whether it's preseason game stats or anything like that, or just an idea of what players can do. I mean, you've got guys that you drafted, guys that you signed as free agents, guys that you re-signed. The question is, you can think about what they can do this season. I'm ready to see what they are doing this season because they're going to be in training camp getting ready to go. Yeah, and um, I I think that it's just the fact that we are finally here. Next week, we will actually have reports, you know, of camp. And it may not be pads or anything like that, but we will have actual reports that the Steelers are back and they're practicing and it's going to be exciting. We're all excited. Everyone's yes. excited. So, all right, that does it for us for this week's Steelers preview. We'll be back all three of us next week. Brian will be back. Dave and I will be here. And then I go off for a week after that. And then, We'll be gearing up for the first preseason game. It's hard to believe mm-hmm. it'll be here before you know it. So, Dave, why don't you send us out like you always do? Hey. And we'll see you next week for another Steelers preview. Take it easy, everyone. When I know that it can never really be the same. How could I move forward when I keep looking back?